listening to Best Served Cold, a Born Millennials podcast. The Australian true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. Formerly Egypt's 36th most popular true crime podcast, hosted by Tama J and Laura Lease. Sit down, relax, grab a drink and enjoy this week's episode. Yeah. Hello, hello. That's it. That's right. Welcome back. Welcome back to Welcome another back. week of Best Served Cold, true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. I'm one of your amazing co-hosts, Laura Elise, and I'm about one TikTok video away from losing my last brain cell. Nice. And I'm Tama Tor. Oh no, my social battery. It's broken. Good. But I'm I like that we I'll both went from TikTok references. That's kind of what we're becoming now. We're becoming like the TikTok podcast of like... Here's things we heard on TikTok. On TikTok. Yeah. This week on Best of Cold, we talk about TikTok videos. <laughs> yeah. We don't actually talk about TikTok videos. We drink wine and we talk about crime. So welcome to another week. If you are new around here, we do this thing at the start of the show. We do let you know that we tend to cuss, curse and swear a lot on this show. Oh, yeah. So if the cusses are not your thing, we would very kindly ask that you fuck off and don't leave us a one-star review. You um, piece of shit. Don't say you haven't been warned. Yeah, I mean, look, there's an E on the fucking episode. Like, you can you can see that. Labeled it explicit. That E means, hey, listen up, big boy. <laughs> there's some harsh words well, on this. Hey there, big boy. This little podcast diddly here. Anyway. Anyway. Well, oh, hi, Toffee. Okay. Usually <laughs> she comes in. At, usually she comes in at the end, but Jesus she came Christ. to say hello. Can you please go away? So yeah, uh, featuring Toffee again. Anyway, welcome anyway. to another week. We hope you've all had a fabulous week, that you've been staying safe, staying sane, saving money, yep. saving the environment, saving the dolphins. Saving. Grace. Yeah. I don't that know where I was going with that. really crazy. Yeah, that I came out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyway, welcome um, back. Welcome back. Yeah. So we are, just to plug our socials as well, we are the, the BSC, BSC podcast. podcast. Um. We have, and yeah, follow us there. We, we, I think Laura is doing every now and then she's doing pet stories on her yeah, Instagram. Look, I was actually going to say the oh. social, the socials have become a little stale mainly because mm. I think I've run, like I was posting memes and they're all fun, but I was like, you know, everyone eventually tires of memes yeah. over and over again. So I thought I'd reach out to you guys, the lovely listeners oh. and see what you would like to see from us. Like, do you want to... Do you just want to see memes? Do you want us to post some like little trivia facts? Fun facts, yeah. More stuff about us, like personal. Yeah, life maybe you want to see stuff. some behind the scenes stuff, like our setup and what well, we cause do. Well, because I realized when someone commented on a TikTok video the other day saying, you look exactly like your voice sounds, which I was like, still don't know if that was a compliment, but I'm going to take it as one. So thank you. I don't know if we've ever really posted our faces on. Our socials much. Yeah, so well, I guess we don't know what we look like. If you guys so. do want to see more of our personal lives and who the people are behind the microphones, for sure, we, we can start doing stuff like that. Yeah, but I'm um, graphic designer by trade, so I can always whip mm. stuff up. If the if, if you guys want like serial killer trivia facts, uh, if like I don't know, interesting news tidbits come yeah. up, let us know what you'd like to see. Because I guess the social media is all kind of a part of. An extension of the podcast, so we want to keep you all entertained. Yeah. That's Great. the only housekeeping from me. I guess me. we'll talk more about that after the main 
show. I guess the only other thing would be make sure that you check out our bonus episode on the rocks that comes out every Friday. It's Indeed. a bit of a new thing, so I think some people still maybe don't know about it, but yeah. that's out every Friday morning. It's just a shorter show that gives us an opportunity to talk about shorter cases. Yeah, do it or you'll have bad luck for the next don't three months. Don't tell people that. Please forward this email to at least seven people, <laughs> otherwise she will climb out of your TV at night. Why did I say that? Yeah, why? Yeah, that is... <sighs> Give kryptonite. Anyway. All right. Well, anyway, so who's coming first this it's week? It's your turn to go it's first my this week. Turn. One of us has to keep up with Okay. This so if you guys aren't aware, we have a Google Doc where you can suggest cases to us. And this case comes from a wonderful, lovely listener that is named Danielle Hunt. So thank you, Danielle Hunt, for suggesting this case. So I am talking about a young woman called Toya Cordingly. So she was born on June 14th, 1994, and in 2019, uh, 2018, sorry, she was 24 years old and living in Warree, which is a suburb in Cairns, North Queensland. Little Australian fact for you, all you American listeners. Just geography. <laughs> just geography, it's really yeah. Why well, is just fucking interesting to be like. You should know that this town. Is called Cairns. Yeah. Fun fact. In North Queensland, Thanks which is so in Australia. <laughs> anyway. Where they had the kangaroos. Yeah. And the emus who won a war against the... Anyway, we want to talk about that. Um, her parents were Troy and Vanessa and they were both separated, but they were on good terms with each other and they were both very present in their daughter's lives. So she enjoyed a carefree life surrounded by good friends, kind of on that, you know, that beach life sort of thing. Um, had a liked to go on adventures and had a very vibrant personality, liked to um, take a lot of photos and dyed her hair. She was a very like vibrant person. She spent most of her time working full-time as a pharmacy worker. Before that, she was working voluntarily in animal rescue. And she had a boyfriend of two years, uh, Marco Heidenreich, and their love of animals brought them together. They shared a happy relationship together and... Um, on Sunday, October 21st, 2018, Toya was filling in for a shift at the pharmacy that she was working at in the morning. She had plans to walk her boyfriend's dog in the afternoon and around noon, her shift had ended, so she walked to the nearby Rusty's Market to buy some fresh produce. She then returns home to drop the groceries off before going over to her boyfriend's house to pick up his dog, Jersey. So this is all caught on security camera footage, mostly of the um, of her going to the market. Okay. So this is how we were able; they were able to correlate where she was at this time. So Toya then drove out to Wangiti Beach, which is about a twenty-five kilometer drive away from where she lived. She got there around two to two thirty p.m., parked her two thousand nine blue Mitsubishi Lancer, and went for a walk. Later on that night, Toya still hadn't returned home and her boyfriend Marco was growing more and more worried as none of his calls or messages were being answered. At 9pm of the same night, Marco called the police and reported Toya missing. He then told Toya's parents and together along with uh, her parents and her brother, they began searching for her. Now, because of the time and the low light, um, the the environment as well, the police and SES decided to postpone the search for a few hours, returning back in the morning so they could see a bit better. The family, though, decided to continue searching. They drove towards the south of the beach where they found Toya's blue Mitsubishi and finding the parked car gave them hope that 
Toya was nearby and other members of the community soon joined in the search early around that morning, still dark. As there was no electricity or lighting around, the search was extremely difficult and limited them to just flashlights, basically. Eventually, they came onto Marco's dog, Jersey, the dog that Toya had been walking, and they found the dog was unharmed, though he was tied to a tree with a rope that was held so tight that he didn't have room to sit down or lie down comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was otherwise completely unharmed and fine and didn't seem too phased. Toya's mother began to grow much more worried after finding Jersey alone, though. Mm. Her father, Troy, led the search near to where her car was found and police and SES soon joined after that. So around 800 metres away from where her car was, Troy spotted what looked to be, he thought to be, a human foot protruding from the sand. Troy hastily began to dig up around the foot and unfortunately this is where he found the deceased bodies of his daughter, Toya, accordingly. So she was found naked in a shallow grave dug into the sand. Police described that when she was found, she was found with visible and violent injuries with several knife punctures all over her body. I even saw rumors that she was found with like bite marks on her body, though that is hasn't been confirmed or anything like that. So we don't know if that's actually true or not, but Anyway, obviously this happening in a small town in Cairns, the entire area is shook and a funeral is held two weeks later attended by around 400 people, including the dog Jersey. Um, So this, where does this leave us exactly? So Toya was 100% murdered and in evidently quite a horrific and violent way Um, and some suspecting of a sexual nature as well, given that she was found naked. Mm. So, the day after her body was found, forensic dogs and SES volunteers searched the beach for any evidence, with the police going door-to-door, working down to narrow the list of potential suspects. Police issued the following statement in a public appeal for information, and I'm quoting directly from what they said. We'd like to speak to anybody who saw any suspicious activity or anything out of the ordinary in the Lake Placid or Caravonica area on Sunday afternoon the 21st of October, 2018, between 4 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. The second area is we'd like to speak to anyone who has a any dash cam footage from any vehicle traveling north on the Captain Cook Highway between Wangeti Beach and Clifton Beach between 4.30 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. The third area is that we're also keen to speak to any females who have been approached by any males either acting inappropriately, aggressively, or making them feel uncomfortable in the last 12 months or two years in any beach area or secluded area between the northern beaches of Cairns and Cardwell. So immediate people around Toya were interviewed, including her close friends and family, and all of whom have consistent alibis. Something that's interesting to mention is that the dog that Toya was walking, which is Jersey, a German Shepherd Dane Cross, Mm. is a very big dog and was regarded as being pretty protective over Toya and her boyfriend. So as far as we know, Jersey was tied up to the tree with no struggle, no resistance, and wasn't really phased that Mm. much at all. So this led investigators to believe that Toya was actually approached by someone that she knew and the dog was comfortable around. This is sort of adding to the mystery of what happened. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So this leads us to... What is highly regarded as suspect number one, numero uno, the the top of the list. 
On December 8th, 2018, Seven News reported on a person of interest. They'd known about his interest in his, his identity for about two weeks beforehand, but they held off out of respect for the family who also were aware of who this person was. So I'm speaking of a former nurse, Rajwinder Singh. He was a native of India and he lived with his wife, three children and a young new baby in Australia. So he was known as Raj and he had been working as an aged care nurse in Innisfail Hospital for seven years. What I can find about him was that he was a relatively quiet, isolated person and apparently suffered pretty heavily from depression. Okay. So months before the case, co-workers reported that he'd taken several leaves of absence from work without any real justification. Not that you need it when you're taking leave, but mm. no one, he didn't tell anyone where he was going or didn't really have a strong reason as to why. Soon after this, though, he resigned entirely, just quit. Singh came into attention of police when, when they were able to find a five-minute window where Toy's phone had showed up in the area of the beach. They used this window and compiled dash cam footage and traffic surveillance footage to compile a list of all the vehicles that were in the area at the time. One such vehicle belonged to Singh. So he had been identified as driving erratically through Cairns the night of Toyo's murder. Witnesses even claimed to have seen Singh with scratch marks and bite marks on, he, on him the next day, even though this is still unregarded as speculation. There's nothing mm. to confirm this. The reason why we can't confirm this is because in less than 24 hours after Toyo's body was discovered, Singh left his entire family to fly back to his hometown of Amritsar in Punjab, India, where he currently is right now. Interesting. Yeah. So he flew to Sydney that night, that night, and stayed with his sister before catching a flight the next day. He has not used credit cards or bank accounts since leaving Australia. All this happened so quickly that police were unable to reach him in time. But they were able to confirm that the bank, through the bank data, it seemed that the tickets were bought rather hastily. Mm-hmm. So for over 29 months, Queensland police kept this investigation close to their chest, revealing nothing about their progress and even urging the public not to jump to conclusions and label Singh as Toya's murder. He's just one of several people of interest, right? Mm-hmm. So throughout their investigation, Queensland police and the Australian Federal Police are liaising with the with Interpol and the Indian authorities to find Singh and have him extradited back to Australia purely just for the, what they say is just to ask him questions and mm. interrogate him. So as I said, this was over 29 months. This leads us to March of this year from what I can find in articles written in March. Assistant Minister to the Attorney General, Amanda Stoker, said the extradition, extradition, extradition? Extradition. Extradition request or to India has been finalised and would be formally lodged with Indian authorities. So usually the Australian government won't comment on the steps along the process of an extradition. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so they won't like talk about the steps of it, but they, given the shock that this made to the community and the general attention around the case they felt an exception should be made. Mm -hmm. So the next step after this is to formally lodge the request with India. According to the North Queensland MP Warren Encht, the time is taken, it's taken for this extradition order to be made is due to India requiring a lot of evidence for them to even really consider it. Okay. So they had to make sure they had everything 
like as correct as could be, perfectly as straightforward as can be and as much as they can because they only really have one good shot at doing this. Mm. So this is a direct quote from the North Queensland MP. The challenge, of course, is when the arrest warrant is issued and they do apprehend this individual and they seek him out sooner rather than later, he is entitled to the same rights as any other citizen there. He can contest or appeal it and an extradition, so you have to go through that court process. This is the first major step to ensure we are able to bring him back. Um, so police um, have told, yeah, So this, this is sort of where we're at. At this point. Okay. So I haven't seen any further updates or anything really telling of what's happened with this. Mm. If it's taken this long to just compile the evidence against him and get him back, you know, it's it's been still going to take a while to even... Well, I guess also COVID has probably yes. slowed things down a lot, I would imagine. Especially in India where um, just the numbers of people passing away was extreme mm. um their their government definitely had like a lot on their hands but this is where we're at um we don't know where raj is um his family has even gone over to india to try and find him unsuccessfully and family members in australia have donated their blood for dna analysis to try and narrow down um, if he was yeah. the, the suspect for it. They don't believe that he could be re- like you know responsible for something like this. But when have we ever known a family member to be like, yeah, I always thought he, would gonna, he was going to kill someone. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, well, it's also kind of interesting because like why would you flee? You have a job, a wife – Three children and a newborn baby. And you leave and all of them. within 24 hours of people finding the body and you're in this community, you back to Punjab. And don't come back. And don't come even back. Even though obviously they want to talk to you. And you don't use your bank account or I mean, credit cards. screams guilty So why? Exactly. Why? There you go. Yeah. That definitely gives me guilty vibes. Mm. So given that he was a nurse... And worked in aged care and, you know, Toya was a pharmacist. I couldn't actually find anywhere that said, here's a direct correlation between them. But it's not a far stretch to say, like, they could have known each other. Of course. Um, And given that she was dating her boyfriend for two years, knew the dog, and the dog knew her and was very protective of her. um, And what it seems like is... She either tied him up, mm. and then talked to someone else, or it, it's unsure. So if it was tied up to someone else, it had to have been someone else apart uh, that that the dog knew. Yeah, there's no way that a random stranger was able to tie this dog up. Basically. Yeah, it definitely, kind of looks like it leads to someone she knew. Yeah, but I mean, it usually does. Yeah, it always is. Um, the the re- the reason for why we we have no idea. You know. Um, she was just a very, from what I can read, she was just a very sweet, passionate girl about, um, she was very caring for like all the local street dogs and pets that were like in the area. Um, she was a volunteer at some point, you know, Mm. working with dogs. Um, she seemed like just a very loving, caring person and it's unfortunate that 
what happened to her happened to her just really shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And in such a, a quiet area, I, I can't tell you how, you know, secluded and quiet Kansas. Because um, it's like a big town, but a small town, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, like, my I used to have family in Cairns and they, they're, um, yeah, that, that area is just very beachy and just open. Um, very hot, too. Very humid. Muggy. Yeah. But yeah, this is what sort of where we are. Like, it's very possible that this nurse Raj Singh could have known who Toya was. It's so weird because we've done it again. We've done two cases that are both unsolved with recent updates that could potentially Ooh. have outcomes. Interesting. Soon, right? It's very interesting. We've somehow managed to match our cases yeah. again. Um, but thank you very much to Daniel Hunt for suggesting this case. Um, I know you didn't know too much about this case, so I hope this was informative. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so your hometown is of is Cairns, Queensland. So um, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what's the latest update? I've, I know you were saying something about they have bumper stickers with her name on on it, and still after two years, there's still banners and signs around the town that are, you know, justice for for mm-hmm. Toyo court accordingly, and rightly so. Like. There needs to be something happening here. Yeah. And it seems like we're on the right path. At the very least, getting this man back to Australia and questioning him. Yeah, will, it definitely will, needs to happen. It'll write him off the list if he's not a suspect. Mm. That At the very least. And then whatever the fuck you're doing in, in Punjab, you can, you're can you free back. to go back. Go Easy. back, dude. No problem. Abandon your family. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. But like, no judgment. Yeah. Um, but like, that's the thing. He's... Depressive. He just screams guilty. It's it's just like he did it. Yeah, you know you we're know? not supposed to do that. It's you supposed know? to be professionals, but he did it. The, the whole thing about him being depressive and um, taking several days of leave. You know, it could have been something where he knew her mm. and like just knew where she was going, found her, and it could have been something where he just. It just got out of hand. Yeah. Um, as, you know, we've done so many of these cases and all of them, nearly all of them are like, when they're crimes of passion, mm. they just sort of happen. It's always just it gets out of hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you to Daniel Hunt. If you want to suggest a case, we have a Google Doc, which is on our Instagram link tree. Yep. So if you just go to the bio in any of our social media yes. accounts, there's a link tree. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the link tree, there's a button that says suggest a case, which just leads you to a little Google Doc. Um, just leave your suggestions. If you want to get a little shout out and a mm-hmm. little thanks for the suggestion, leave your name. If you want to be anonymous, don't leave yeah, your name. That's perfectly fine. Um, and if it's big or small, it's fine because we're doing the secondary show now where we do smaller cases. Yeah. We do all sizes. We're not, we don't judge. We don't judge on size. Yeah. Size doesn't matter. It's all about how you use it. Exactly. All right. We'll take, we'll take a little break. And then when we come back, we're going to dive into Laura's story. Welcome back. 
It's we catchy. Love a bit of, it is really catchy. It's very catchy. We need a little bit of elevator music. Yeah, we love a bit of elevator music. Everyone needs that in their life. Just yes. a bit of smooth jazz. Yeah. Welcome back to Best of Cold, the best smooth jazz radio station on planet Earth. I actually heard this really funny uh, joke. Yep. On TikTok because it was like the Melbourne Comedy Festival is happening at the moment. So they're Ooh. posting like little snippets. And I saw this girl who she was being like, I don't know if like how many of you in the audience are single, how many of you are in relationships, but I just have to say like dating at the moment, horrendous. I think she was 30. She was like dating in your 30s, horrendous. Like I'm finding out all these things about people. I didn't know. She was like the other day a guy told me that he was in to scat play. <laughs> and I was like, dude. I don't even like jazz. <laughs> oh, that's a strong thing to come out with, though, like to be like, so what do you what do you enjoy? Well, I feel like that's one of the things you have to be upfront about because it's like you don't want to get six months down the track and be like, by the way, yeah. now that we've been dating for six months, I would like you to shit on my chest. Look, I don't I don't judge. But no like kink shaming, but I would but, prefer if someone wants me to poop on them i would prefer them to be very yeah. upfront so i can just say thank why, you why thank poop? you next why poop? i don't know why can't anyway, it just be like pudding welcome back to the show <laughs> you know what i mean like why can't it just be mud let's cake let's move on so <clears throat> i'm anyway. going to be talking about as i mentioned it is another technically unsolved one although from the recent updates it does seem like they have a pretty probable suspect and the Delphi police seem to be playing their cards very close to the chest. Yeah. And I also learned something about the reason why police do the things they do. Oh which yeah. There's a very good reason, yeah. So I'm going to be talking about the Delphi killings or the better known as the Snapchat murders. So on February 13th, 2017, just after lunch, best friends, 13-year-old Abby Williams and 14-year-old Libby German are dropped off to begin a hike. So together they're planning to hike on the, and I'm so sorry if I don't know how to pronounce, Monan, Moonan High Bridge over Deer Creek and then walk through kind of the local wooded area. From what I can see, it's not like, it was a weekday, so it wasn't super busy, but it wasn't like some creepy deserted forest, which is why I think the family was comfortable letting them walk through alone. So from what I could see, I couldn't find a huge amount about the bridge itself aside from pictures, but my understanding is it's an old rail line that is on a suspension bridge suspended at 1.63 feet above a river. So this particular part of the hike is not a proper hike. It's kind of like a, a railway track that's now actually blocked off, but they are converting it into a proper pedestrian walk so you basically walk across the old rail lines it's not a proper path there's no handrails it's just dodgy old wooden train tracks and then from what i can see it kind of ends and you have to double back on yourself to get back to the start so it's kind of like essentially a one-way hike from my understanding of the pictures right so from what i've read the bridge from one end to the other is about a 10 minute walk and it's kind of a rite of passage for Delphi locals from what I was reading. So lots of people would go there to have like their prom and graduation pictures done because obviously it's very high, so the view is beautiful. And uh, shortly after they're dropped off, Libby posts a photo of Abby on the bridge to her Snapchat story. The girls were supposed to meet Libby's dad at their agreed spot at 3.15pm and after waiting for a little bit and then searching the area himself, when the girls don't show up and he can't find them, the police are contacted at 5.30pm. 
So due to their age, the authorities are very quick to arrive and begin a thorough search of the immediate area. Not initially suspecting foul play, they believe it's more likely the girls have wandered off. Maybe mm-hmm. one of them has fallen and injured themselves and they can't get to the spot they agreed to meet at. However, after a day of searching, sadly, the bodies of Libby and Abby are found near an abandoned bridge around a mile from the area where they were last known to be. So almost immediately, police start circulating a very grainy, sort of badly pixelated photo of an individual seen on the trail where the girls were taken. In the photo, the man can be seen with his hands in his pockets, walking on a bridge, on the bridge rather, towards the girls. Shortly after the picture was released on February 22nd, police released an audio recording of the same person or allegedly the same person saying, down the hill. It's at this point it's revealed that both the photo and the audio recording were taken from Libby's phone with police surmising that the picture and video were likely taken by Libby on the suspicion that the man was following them. So good girl that she is, she's got a bad feeling. So she whips the phone out, takes a picture, starts recording. And then it's possible that when the audio was taken, the girls were potentially being ushered against their will or under like false pretenses, quote, down the hill. Mm -hmm. Police advise that they do have further evidence which they will not publicly release to avoid impeding on any potential future trials and this evidence along with the way the girls were killed have to this day not been released. And this is where I learnt something. So it's worth pointing out that there have been many occasions with smaller serial killers and prominent serial killers, uh, Robert Hansen and Israel Keyes, where police, I just always assumed it was to avoid... uh, fucking up the trial. Yeah. But I found out that they actually withhold details of the murder if it's a particularly violent or horrific crime. So it can be used as kind of a carrot to get a confession from the suspects if they have families. So it's like, if you tell us what you did, we won't release to the public what you did and your family won't have to live in shame knowing that you, like, did really horrible things to these people. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So I learned that today. So the man in the image in the video is quickly named the chief suspect and police release a composite sketch of him in July as well as setting a reward for any information at $41,000. Despite all of this, to this day, no one has like definitively been identified as the girl's murderer. More recently in 2019, police released further video, an extension of the first where the same suspect in blue jeans and a jacket can be seen walking along the bridge towards the girls and the video lasts for it's very short it's only about a second long further audio can also be heard with the addition of the word go the full sentence being go down the hill so delphi police have advised that there is further evidence from the girl's phone which they will not release for fears it's too disturbing to share leading a lot of people to speculate that there is a lot more of the attack that has potentially been captured by Libby on her phone. An updated sketch is also released quite different from the first. And when I say quite different, it's like they look like two different people. And then the police came out and said that the original sketch is now considered um, a secondary sketch. And the new, so a lot of people have been like, so do you mean there were two people involved? I can't really... I think what it means is there's a primary sketch, which they're using to be like, this is what he looks like. He might look like the secondary one. Yeah, but they literally look like two different people. Yeah. Like, 
One is kind of like older with a big kind of broad face and a broad nose and a goatee. And the second is like very angular triangle face with a very small nose. Right. Um, I couldn't really find anything that advised why the sketch has suddenly changed so much. But police tell the public that their suspect looks youthful but could in actual fact be aged anywhere between 18 to 40, which is, like, super not helpful. Not helpful. Police also reveal on the day of the murders a vehicle was left abandoned between noon and 5 p.m. just off a highway in Delphi and police are still seeking to identify the owner of the vehicle. So as is the case with a lot of these unsolved cases, the internet has done a lot of sleuthing. There is a whole Reddit forum just dedicated to uh the two girls libby and abby yeah and it has like over ten thousand members and like forty thousand posts on it and from what i can see it's kind of devolved into speculation where at one point my understanding was the founders of the sub forum were actually working with Delphi police, kind oh, of right. like a don't fuck with cats situation. Yeah, cool. But now it kind of looks like it's a lot of shit posting and people posting like unsupported theories. Yeah. Which I hate that. Just yeah. like if you if you know something or you have a theory, label it as such. Don't be like, so my dad heard that this thing yeah. happened. Like, and a lot of people who are obviously like original members of this forum when yeah. new people come and post shit they're like don't like what evidence do you have to support that exactly yeah. like shut up let the police do their you jobs. need to back it up otherwise yeah. you fuck <clears throat> things up for police doing their jobs so from this big forum though i did gather that there are while there are many 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 theories ranging from like yeah that makes sense to just absolutely ridiculous love it the two most prevalent ones are as follows. The first theory is that the killer potentially knew Libby German, whether he actually knew her personally or just followed her on Snapchat. And when Libby posted the image on the bridge, knowing it's a very well-known local place, he assumed that her and Abby were not with their parents, judging off the image, which just kind of shows Abby on her own. Mm -hmm. And obviously being able to very easily identify where they were has gone to the area and attacked the girls. A lot of people have pointed out that it's pretty commonplace for young girls to have their snap handles in their Facebook or Instagram bios. And it's possible someone added them under the pretense, like catfished them pretending to be a boy their age. And they've right. just, you know, added them as a friend on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do point out that the timing of this would have had to line up exceedingly well as the timeline in which the girls were dropped off to go hiking and the time that they were supposed to be picked up by Libby's dad is incredibly narrow. It was like 45 minutes or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that would have, he would have had to be it's like on Snapchat, ready to straight go away there. straight there. Also within a vicinity of less than 45 minutes. Yeah. So the second theory is that our killer was someone who was hunting for victims, potentially just to kidnap and assault, and then perhaps it went wrong. So a lot of people have pointed out that there are multiple service roads and fire roads in the area that could have been used to drive a car. The killer has then waited for, you know, a young girl alone, a group of young girls alone, and taken advantage. So people theorize this is potentially why the video of the man was taken by Libby if he'd walked past them to sort of suss them out and then doubled back to follow them. Yeah. And they were kind of like, hang on, 
That's you fucked. just walked past yeah. us. Why are you following us? Both theories do agree, however, that it's highly likely whoever killed the girls was a local who knew Delphi and particularly the area around the bridge very well. So multiple suspects have been named, like so many different people that were, you know, have committed rape and murder previously, but the most prevalent and most recent one that's been kind of in the news as of June 2021, so very recent, recent. is Brian Chadwell. So Brian Chadwell is a 42-year-old man who was accused of attempted murder after a nine-year-old girl who'd been reported as missing was found in his basement. So when she was found, she was chained with a padlock and her clothes were on the ground beside her. And there are more details that if you really want to look into it, you can but it's just like ick factor times a million, so I'm not going to... Yep. Yeah. So his house is only 15 miles away from Delphi. Well. And he looks a fuck ton like the composite sketches. Interesting. Like a fuck ton. While nothing official has been released, authorities have said there are, quote, several factors causing them to look closely at Chadwell for the murders. So a few things about him. One. He has super weird tattoos of two young girls on him where they appear to be crying blood. One that many have pointed out looks suspiciously like Libby German. But, wait, what What the fuck? So they're like kind of oh, semi-realistic cartoons, like s- simple line drawings of like two girls... With their eyes blacked out and then like that is tears or blood, fucked super up. fucked. Okay, first of all, this that is fucked. Just regardless mm-hmm. of like who you are, yeah. Add in the nine-year-old girl and potentially killing these. Two, that's fucked. And up. I'll admit, a lot of the time I read stuff like that and I'm like, oh, the tattoo looks like. And you look at you're like, no, it doesn't. It, it kind of does. Like Shit. someone did a side-by-side of the, like if you were going to do a cartoon rendition of Libby German, it does kind of Which look also like, like if you're a criminal trying to get away with the crime. Yeah. Like how fucking stupid are you? So the tattoos, though, were a bit of a contentious subject. So some of Chadwell's friends have pointed out that he had these tattoos prior to the Delphi killings, although this doesn't seem to be confirmed, with Chadwell's own sister remarking that she doesn't think he had the tattoos prior to the Delphi killings, calling him, quote, a monster and absolutely evil person. Yeah, let's just let's just point out to, sorry to interrupt, this person kidnapped a nine-year-old girl, and this is his friend's saying this about it's him. his sister. No, no, but, but I'm saying their friends, oh, yeah. his friends are defending yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. This is his a friends of a person who kidnapped a nine-year-old girl. Yeah, well, he did more than kidnap. Let's just... I'm just yeah, yeah, but like, I don't, we don't need to say that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so when his sister was asked if she thought he was capable of committing the Delphi murder, she responded with, absolutely. With Chadwell's stepfather also commenting that he believed Chadwell would be capable of committing the murders. He also has a lengthy, violent criminal past with, like, multiple arrests and misdemeanors for violent crimes. So, yeah, like, that's, that's... this is very recent. So this was, like, four months ago. So it would be very interesting to see if any more things come about the... So, so, so what's the... Pro- if, if, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you know this. What is the process? Like, they are questioning him? Or they know they think it might be him. They're looking for him. 
Well, he was. He's in. He's in jail because he was arrested right. for the kidnapping of this other young girl. Right. Um, but he wasn't during the time. No. So this was this. this was recent. The kidnapping of this young girl happened this year in April, and I believe oh, okay. he was arrested in April. Yeah. And then this is all kind of came out in June when right. I think. People have been like, hey, this dude did some like super sketchy shit and it was like really close to the Del- to Delphi yeah. where these two girls were murdered. And then the cops have come out and said, yeah, we're questioning him. Right. Interesting. So I, it's very interesting with these cases that are kind of like we cover them and there's updates happening in real time because it does give you a real scope on how long these things take. Like the fact that that was in June and then there's still not really yeah any like concrete updates since then yeah i mean even like you know with toilet accordingly like the it happening in 2018 and we we're not getting anything really until fucking like 4 years later mm. um and even now it's like it could be a long time till anything happens. Yeah, so as it. of a week ago, he pled guilty to the attempted murder and child molestation for right. the recent crime. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he's in jail, so... But I think what they, what everyone wants, especially the, the families of the victims... Oh, of course, they to want be like, closure. I want to know that it is him. Yeah, and, and I he's guess he's in jail, and he gets additional charges for doing what he did. Well, in like a really also kind of like fucked up way, the fact that he's in jail almost gives the cops leverage to be like, you know, we can knock some years off your sentence or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that he's already in jail gives them a bit more leverage to kind of yeah. potentially get him to if he did commit the Delphi murders, but. It's very interesting. Yeah. If cause... they, if they, I mean, I'm sure they could find some sort of DNA evidence that would link him. That'd be like worst case scenario. They can't, they, they don't have nothing that connects him, and they need like something to him to confess or something like that. But yeah, the um, this the side by side images of both the tattoo and him with the composite sketch are, you're like, <laughs> bro, like, yeah. bro. <laughs> That's you. Yeah, there was also some other weird stuff which I didn't I didn't think was really worth mentioning because it is kind of a lot of speculation, but he has some really weird Facebook posts that are still publicly available, I'm pretty sure, or at least the screenshots are. He also had a super weird TikTok account that's been deleted since his arrest in April. Interesting. But he posted some weird shit on his TikTok account that I believe they're I'm sure the videos have been downloaded and archived. Of course, but yeah. The actual account has been deleted as of today. But yeah, just like super fucking weird dude. Yeah. Super weird dude. If there was gross. going to be someone who would be responsible for that, that what what what's interesting, well, not not so much interesting. But what is different about this person is attacking a group of people, like or a pair rather. You know, oftentimes, especially when there's people people like this who are seeking out younger victims um, who tend to be, you know, f- for predators tend to be more easily accessible for them. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that he chose a pair to 
target. Because typically they yeah. don't, they'll, they'll target people that are by themselves. A, a pair is a very off-putting thing to people. I mean, you can tell from the many, many photos available of this guy because he loved to post photos of himself on Facebook. He's quite a jacked guy. Right. Um, okay. Like he's very uh, fit, I guess is the word. Yeah. So you probably thought he was more than able to do what he could do to him. Yeah, but the side-by-side side of the tattoos is really creepy. I don't like it. Yeah. It makes me very uncomfortable. That's fucked up if that's... If it is him and he decided to gloat about it and got, got a tattoo, Laura's show me Trying to show you. Oh, yeah. No, he looks like a... F- he looks... That, don't oh, the tattoos both look like the up. two girls? Like exactly like the two girls. That's, it's really creepy. That is fucked. It's really creepy. No, and the side by side of the sketches as well. Like, looks that's... exactly like him. Yeah. That's again where I'm like, you know, don't want to speculate, but like he fucking did it. Jeez, that is terrifying. Yeah. I'm not going to post it on the socials yeah. because it's super creepy. But if you are someone who is interested in the macabre, just Google image search Brian Chadwell tattoo side by side and it will come up. Yeah. It's Fuck. um it's really disturbing because it looks like it looks like them. Yeah. Super creepy. That's just it's, and it looks not just like them, it looks just like the photos that mm. he's that that, mm-hmm. that they creepy. put next it to. It looks them. like he's taken photos from a news website. Yes. Yeah. And it's like some sort Which of Which would be really interesting if they were able to track down the tattoo artist and be like do you remember the reference pictures that this dude gave you for these? Yeah, imagine if they they could check bank statements or something like that mm. and find where he did it. Yeah, But yeah, I guess this is what I was saying before about it's really interesting watching things kind of unfold in real time because it shows you just how long it really does take everything to fall into place for yeah. them to be like, yep, he did it. We're taking, we're arresting him. We're confident it's going to stick. Yeah. We'll so, even just take um this most recent case of Jin Kid, the man who murdered mm. his wife. Um, I think that the, the actual trial isn't happening until uh, February or January. Yeah, well, he, this poor young girl who was found in his basement yeah. took April, May, June, July, August, September, October, seven months for yeah. him to get processed. Yeah. And it was like, there's no if or but. Like, yeah, he it was definitely... <laughs> he definitely it. did it. Yeah, I feel that's terrible. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that... That young girl's. This was. I don't know alive. if it's because the the place itself where the girls were taken from has like a real creepy vibe because they went in winter, so all the trees are dead. Right. And I don't know. There's something. It gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like doing my notes. Mm. It had like a weird kind of creepy. Yeah, there are those cases where it's just like there's there's one case that I absolutely refuse to do, and I got halfway through doing it. Um, I won't, I don't want to talk about it because it's just, it's like that. I got halfway through the notes. It involves graphic, um, molestation and murder mm. of a, of a, of a young, of a toddler. Oh, mm-mm. um, and I just, I couldn't, it was yeah. just, it was just way it's, too much. Yeah. We don't need to um, do that. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it was just, there are all those cases sometimes where it's like doing what we do. Every single case is disgusting and, and off-putting. Yeah. Because you have to... It has to be... If, you know, being a regular fucking human being, 
having compassion and and feeling emotions and not being a psychopath mm. doing these cases it, it's off-putting and it's it's harsh it's hard to do yeah but we're just two people who you know can do that we we can research these cases and yeah it is i don't know i don't even know how to explain it it's just yeah, it's, no, I get what you mean. You know, I'm sure everyone listening gets what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's that it's that vague like fascination of like how far can human beings go, but also like yeah, this is something that you know a lot of these cases aren't necessarily covered by media a lot, and there's not a lot of information out there about them. So it is important, and and in some small way, you hope that this like helps in any way to like spread like especially with unsolved cases like spread the message of like Mm. this is unsolved like internet sleuths please do your thing yeah but you know there are just those cases that it's just not you just can't do it it gets to a point where it's like this is just it can't be talked about well i think on that somber note yeah this ends the portion of the show where we are talking about serious things and we get into not serious things. It was very deft. Laura just took a photo of a cat as she was doing that. It was very impressive. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, like Laura said, um, if you are just here for the cases, thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys on Friday Friday for our our mini episode. episode. Um, Check out our Google Doc it's linked in our link tree. Suggest anything that you think is would be you would like to see us cover. Um, and yeah, thank you to Daniel Hunt for suggesting this case that I covered. We are now getting into our just our shit talking session. We shit have talk. This is minutes. honestly one of my favorite parts <clears throat> of the night because my chair is really uncomfortable, but it creaks a lot, so I can't. I don't want to move in yeah. the normal part and then when we do this part i can move <laughs> and my legs have gone to sleep that'll have to be an investment we make get like a, nice get a some better chairs yeah because mm-hmm. i find even just using these chairs is like they've gotten somewhat uncomfortable well i mean they were like 30 dollars chairs from yeah. ikea and we've been in lockdown so we've used them like every day for two years yeah. so i care about my butt i just need to i really need to take care of it maybe we should get like little memory foam things maybe yeah. yeah, that would do it. Yeah. Oh, it, the it exciting still, things we talk about. It would about. still creak, though, so we oh, need yeah, to figure that out. True, true, true. Um, yeah, so some pretty fucking heavy cases today, but, mm. you know, um, where, I mean... I think it's really interesting as well seeing and wondering how in the future social media will affect things like this because obviously, mm. like, without Libby's things on that, on the Delphi case, like I going off what I could see, it really doesn't look like they had a lot of other evidence. Right. Although again, like I said, the Delphi police are playing their cards very close to the chest. Yeah. So they could have a shit ton of DNA evidence that they just haven't told And they could about. have some correlation with the tattoo artist. Yeah. You know, um, th- that is, it is the thing too. Like we won't know until we know until mm. something comes of it. Cause what happens? I don't really know the process, especially in the States. What happens if you are already a convicted felon? So your DNA fingerprints, I believe, would already be in the system. Yep, should be. Like, do they need a 
like a warrant to run that against DN like do they I still need probable cause or if it's like you're a felon so you don't get much of a choice? I, I, I don't know personally. Um, especially, you know, being a different country. But I I would imagine that would still need a warrant. Right. Um, you know, you're not like just because you're in prison, you're not like livestock, you're still a human well, being. Well you can't vote, so it's like You can't vote, but you can you still have You lose some of your you know, rights. Yeah, you lose some know. of your rights. But like if anyone listening is in America and knows the answer to that, I would yeah. be very curious. Please or shoot us a message. If anyone's a lawyer. If anyone's a lawyer. Yeah. Or a police officer. Or a police officer. Yeah, they'll let us know. Or a, 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 a We've talked a, a lot warden? of shit about police officers on this show, though, so yeah, I kind of hope there's no police officers. Yeah, look, it's, it, I mean, look, if, if you're a police officer and you're listening to this podcast, we don't hate you. No. Because you're listening to our show. You know, exactly. You're, you're a great, you're a good person. You're doing your... Research? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. There are great police officers out there. Um, well, that's the that's the interesting thing that um, I, I'm going to say the metaphor so imperfectly, but basically someone was saying like if you have a barrel of apples and the barrel itself is contaminated, like eventually if they stay in the barrel long enough, all the apples will go bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was you, basically the metaphor yeah. of like, it's more so like the institution that people are in are, is corrupt. So even if you as a person are not corrupt, just by association with that institution, you kind of become corrupt or you're out of a job essentially. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's more, it's also important to point out that these people, everyone in the system individually is a human being and everyone is prone to their own morality system. Exactly. Everyone has their own idea of what is right, what is wrong, what is okay to do in terms of selfishness, what is okay to do in terms of empathy and um, what's right for the community. A question for you, Tama. Yes. Where do you sit on the argument that humans just in general are inherently evil? I don't necessarily believe in you know, the construct of good versus evil. I think it's sort of like, I think it's sort of like this, a glass of water that you fill up or empty depending on where you are in your life. Someone can fill it up for you. Someone can empty it for you. You can fill it up yourself. You can empty it yourself. But throughout your entire life, it fluctuates, changes. And... Mm. There's nothing to say that someone who has a full glass can't empty it. There's nothing to say that someone who's done a terrible thing can't rectify themselves. Yeah, so that was sort of like, therein lies the question. Are humans inherently by nature evil and it's merely your circumstances that prevent you from doing evil things? I don't think so. I think... It's an interesting question. Because then on the flip side, you could say, are humans naturally good, but they do evil things? And that affects their goodness mm. or their goodwill well i know what jesus would say he would say we're inherently evil he would say something that yeah we I, we, I, we couldn't be able to speak his language there yeah i wouldn't know what he would say um but yeah i i, I don't think i don't really believe in I, I mean it's fun to believe in the ideas of good versus evil you know it, it works in a sense of like a theatrical sense or yeah. it's easy to identify things as good and evil but i don't think people are inherently evil i think it's 
one just a one example of course psychopaths mm. the pe- the people we cover on these cases it's not so much that like for the most part some of them aren't evil some of them have brains that don't function the correct way and never had the chance to rectify that and were surrounded by people that encouraged whether mm. willingly or unwillingly these unnatural behaviors in them that led them to do terrible things i mean like look at edmund kemper did some of the most terrible things to you could think of to people who didn't deserve it and then to his own mother yeah like could you call him like inherently like from the bottom of his heart evil it's hard well i think evil is a sliding scale as well yeah it is for sure like the things he did was was incredibly evil but, like, would you look at him now and say, like, this old man who hasn't really done anything violent for the past few years in prison? Mm. Like, Is he dead now? No, he's alive still. Okay. Um, it's it's hard to sort of say and, like, label, um, you know, him as just evil. Mm. I think it's just kind of a hard thing to label as. And look at, like, anything, like, let's even cut murder and, you know... That that completely out of the question. Something as simple as getting drunk and abusing someone, and or like, let's say like let's say pressuring someone into sex, and like you're uh, you're a young man, you pressured someone into sex, you didn't do it out of malice, you did it out of ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really, you didn't grow up in a world where someone taught you like this is the this is like how cons- how consent works. Mm. Whereas, like, for the most part, like we have taught women, like here's the lines and here's things to look out for, and here's what you should do. Yeah. But our entire lives as men, no one tells us like, here's what you shouldn't do. Yeah, like everyone's like, rape is bad. But yeah. Beyond and that, well, like, I think here- that says a lot about rape culture as well. But it's like here as a, it's like you as a woman do this or don't do this. And mm. it's like, why, don't, why aren't you fucking telling men from an early age, don't do this? Yeah. If this happens, don't do this. If this happens, this means that. But I also think it's kind of like, I don't know, like, because I do think that it comes with a certain inbuilt sense of right and wrong. Because, like, for example, when we very, very first started dating, mm. I think it was like our second day and I was absolutely determined to go home with you. I was determined to get some and I was so drunk and you were like, I'm not, no, go home. Like you're way too drunk. Yeah, I don't for sure. Take advantage. And you just, you even just said that like you felt that you were never taught what, like what was, yeah, like but what so is consent, the- but you just knew there was something inside you that was like, me going home with you would be wrong on some level. Yeah. Which is like what the point I'm trying to make is, you know, if, if that was the case in like a 20 year old doing that and you you think like, that's a morally good person. Like that's a good thing that they didn't do that. Even not being taught that it's a, it's a good thing to do. But like if um, you have someone who's at the age of 17, who like hasn't been educated properly or, isn't at the stage of their lives where it's like they know inherently 
what this is um, and it happens, there's nothing to say that like later on in mm. their lives they like not reconcile themselves or like, you know, go back to the way that they were before they did it. But there's nothing to say they can't look at what they did and say that was fucked up. I, you know, I know now that that shouldn't have happened. I shouldn't have done that. Um, and then further going on to educate people on how not to do that. Mm. I think it's just like this thing of like, you know, a, a kid does something bad and then that kid's forever labeled as a bad person. That's not necessarily fair. Like if that person continues to do bad things and just through like you continuously teach them like this is bad, don't do this. And it just keeps happening, happening, happening. Yeah. And they're generally a bad person. Like that's, you know, you could label that as evil. Well, I just look at it like we've always been told it's nature versus nurture. Yes. But I honestly think it's a combination of both. Like yeah. I do I do my genuine belief is that there are some people who are like a little bit rotten in the core. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, genuinely, yeah. But obviously you have people who've come from really horrific uh yeah. childhoods who grow up to do amazing things and vice versa. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of both. So I would say like not all humans are inherently evil. Like I think maybe we all have not evil. I mean, I think it's also to do with intelligence because obviously like you wouldn't look at a dog and be like, that dog is evil. It's just like, it's it's a dog. It's cruising. It's just yeah. doing its instincts. But I think when you factor in a certain degree of intelligence, like there's a, there's a knowing of right and wrong that yes. kind of yeah. seeds all of your behaviors. Sure. I mean, look at the billionaires of our world. Mm. You know, look at um, Elon, uh, not Elon Musk, look at... Um, Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffrey Bezos and look at Mark Zuckerberg, people who grew up regular. Yeah, like Jeffrey Bezos isn't like sitting in his house being like, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. I don't but, pay Amazon. So the, but these people grew up as regular people who went through the trenches as a regular human being trying to make something happen. Mm. And then through hard work or whatever you want to fucking call it, it happened and they're successful and they're rich and they're billionaires. And they look down on the people who are in the same situation as they once were in yeah, and treat them like cattle. Well, I guess that's, it would be interesting to find an example of someone who is a billionaire from genuine like rags to riches. Cause both Mark Zuckerberg and Jeffrey Bezos had incredibly affluent of course. families. Like yeah. Mark Zuckerberg was at Harvard when he started yeah. Facebook. Like that's not like it's community college. But it's still, you come from somewhere where it's like, this you're not well yeah you've definitely you know, risen up the levels you're not wiping your ass with fucking gold yeah paper but it would be very interesting to know what degree your affluence has on but your jk view of rowling the world. What, she's probably a terrible example cuz she's got some pretty shitty opinions well that's what i mean like who went through like a terrible experience was like nearly homeless and then yeah Got and became extremely very, very successful, rich. yeah, extremely rich, and has, has just really, seemingly lost terrible. all empathy for anyone. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's crazy that like this I'm sure is. There must be studies on it. It has to be, yeah. Like, how do you go from such a um, humble start, you know, and then find success, and then not look around at the people around you and say like. You know, yeah. life is pure. We should do good things. It's hard. And then you have people on the flip side who just like 
have had terrible things happen to them their entire lives. Nothing's pan out. And they're some of the nicest fucking people you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Human nature is such a, a weird thing. Oh, yeah, I could talk about things. this for ages. Yeah. I get really in, like in my head and I'll start slowly imploding from yeah. the inside out. If Which I think is... talk about this. That's kind of why um, I think people have a fascination with, you know, the, the classic serial killer stories mm. of the 70s and 60s. You know, like what... How did Marilyn Manson convince several people to carry out murders for him? Uh, how did um, Charles Manson, not <laughs> Marilyn Manson, although fuck Marilyn Manson because he's also a terrible person, but yeah. um, how did Charles Manson convince people to, you know, do what they did? How? Yeah, it's very wild. Yeah. We could talk about this for hours, but it is very late for us. Yes. So I feel like it's going to very quickly devolve into semi-intelligent conversation to just yeah. us being like human human good but human bad yeah. make, make fire with rock bad no <laughs> i make <laughs> decision good yes <laughs> morally corrupt we no just start speaking like yoda that's when yeah. you know the show's over yeah but thank you for joining us for another week gang gang um if you would like to discuss your internal existential crisis about mm-hmm. the inherent evil of humanity, feel free to shoot us a message. Yes. I genuinely love talking about this shit, so feel free to chew my ear off. I will not hold it against you. Uh, code word for the week. Let's say <laughs> literally the only word that came to my brain was poopy. <laughs> I think we did that one already, didn't we? Did we? I think I need oh, to go we to did bed. Spoopy or something like that. I've just had this really in-depth conversation. My brain's like poopy. <laughs> anyway, code word for the week's poopy. Poopy. Okay, right. Because that's how my brain feels at the moment. It you literally poopy. were like, our brains are about to shut down, and, and then, then mine fucking just happened. It, you yeah. watched it happen in real time. S- you've just witnessed a live mind shut resetting down itself. My brain. Yeah. Anyway, code word is poopy. Thank you for joining us for another week. Yep. Don't forget to check uh, On The Rocks Out. It comes out on Friday. Yep. If you're feeling generous, we would love it if you would share the episode, leave us a review, um, tell your mum, tell your dog, tell your aunt, tell your uncle, tell, tell anyone your that will listen to listen to the show. Tell your barista. Tell your barista. Baristas are cool people. Yeah. Be kind to service workers. Be kind to retail workers. We're all just trying to make it through life after the panini. So just be kind to people. After the what? The panini. What? <laughs> Have you not heard that joke? No. Okay. Where anyway. people just use any word but pandemic. Right. I've heard like the panna cotta, the panini, pancetta. The pud. Get with the times, Grandpa. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Gen Z. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's We're all just trying up. to get through life after the pangetta. Yeah. So just be kind to people. After the panna cotta. Yeah. Yeah. You know, life post Pajero is going to be tough for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all out of PA words. Anyway, post check us Panani. out on... Check us out on socials at the BSC podcast and we'll catch you on Friday. Bye. Bye.